today, Stephen, is going to take a look at the budget, find out just what's in store for you and me. We'll also have our market update and take a look at some of the stocks that are doing well or not so well and why. And it's all about the rental market. Uh, Pippa Roundtree from Lear J Property Management will join us and we'll take a look at the rental market, how it's been affected by COVID and what that means for people who own the buildings and people who want to rent them, investors and tenants. Thursday Finance, Stephen Pritchard, uh, welcome along. And how's gold travelling this week? It was down 64 cents. Right, okay. $0.64 right. to $2,638.99 Australian. Oh, obviously keep so all the rings and jewellery now. No, no, not, yeah. not worth taking down to be melted down. Um, and uh, the, the crude oil price was up $1.75 a barrel yep. to um, $60.60. Okay. So well, um, That's the, not good either, is it, if you want to fill up? No, no. But, but I, have you filled up, have you? No, actually. No. Um, anyhow, uh, the US dollar, the US dollar, where where we're down marginally to seventy one dollars and sixty seven cents. Uh, the Great British pound, we were also down marginally to fifty five dollars and eight cents. And the New Zealand dollar, we were down uh, to a dollar seven cents. And the euro, we were, were marginally up to sixty one point oh one euro cents. Yeah. So on the whole, the currency is pretty stable, really. Yeah. Um, we're talking about. Um, Decimal points changes here. Mm. Um, the oil and risk, uh, the oil and risk continues to go ahead, um, up eighty one point six points um, for the week to six thousand three hundred eighty seven. Uh, the S and P five hundred was up forty one points to three thousand four hundred eighty eight, and uh, the U. K was down marginally 43 points to 5,935. So despite the election uh, uncertainty in the US, the, the market continues to, uh, or the yeah, S&P 500 up. continues mm. to go up. Um, local stocks or stocks that local investors like, or we have mm. to... Think of a good phrase for this, but anyhow, um, BHP uh, was down sixty-two cents to thirty-six dollars and three cents. Surprising how many people around here have got quite a few BHPs. He used to work at BHP and bought some in the sh- employee share, but were given or bought some. Or however, a lot of cases were given it effectively because they had to put no money up and then the dividends paid it off. And so if they got a thousand shares, they got, you know, thirty six thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah, so that's all right. Um uh CBA up fifty six cents to sixty six dollars sixty eight dollars and sixty seven cents. NIB uh, up fourteen cents to four dollars forty five. And Telstra even Telstra was up four cents to two dollars eighty three. So mm-hmm. slowly clawing its way back there to three dollars. Uh, uh, up to petrol prices. Petrol prices yeah. um dollar seventeen point four unleaded in Newcastle. So that's down two cents, and Sydney a dollar thirty-two. So that's up eighteen cents. So Excellent. you have to fill up in Newcastle. I'd better do that on and the way home. The diesel's a dollar twenty in Newcastle and a dollar fifteen in Sydney. So no real changes from last week. Thursday finance with Stephen Pritchard, and we're looking at our market, updating what's happening. Uh, We will, of course, take a look at the budget in just a little moment. But first of all, to the equities around the place. Now, Link Administration, it always seems that uh, they should be uh, handling shares, but they actually also have shares. Yeah, so Link's actually, Link's a major share, oh, one of the major share registry companies in Australia. It also provides um, superannuation administration services for a number of the industry super funds. And it also has a major shareholder in PEXA, which is in 
anyone's done um, um, some conveyancing since the beginning of the year. I think it all has to be done electronically through PEXA and um, considerable fees are being charged and the state government's mandated that it has to be done electronically. So someone has made an offer, some private equities made an offer for um, Link um, at $5.20 per share, which is 30% above where the shares were trading before the offer is. Um, there's some talk that the offer's not high enough considering um, PEXA's minor, a monopoly position there in the conveyancing of real property. So I think we're going to see a bit more um, action and talk down there, down the road there a bit yeah. further yet. All about Link. All mm. about Link, Link. Uh, coal. And I thought we'd, we'd cover, you know, there's, there's a bit of a doom and gloom about retail um, industry and, and uh, effects on companies for, for COVID. And I thought we'd talk about today that not all companies have um, uh, uh, have done badly out of COVID. I mean, some have done very badly, like, you know, entertainment companies and a number of retailers, particularly in the fashion goods. But but some retailers seem to have done reasonably well or are recovering rapidly. So Coles, apparently Coles has said that they're having to gear up nice problem to have because they're expecting a lot the sales to boom over Christmas because there's a a million people who would have been overseas at Christmas which seemed a lot to me but anyhow a million people who would have been overseas are now going to have to stay at home so they're going to want want to eat additional food over the Christmas period and Coles is no doubt hoping to supply a lot of that and also which which is also a lot of people who would have gone out to restaurants clubs and cafes um also won't Coles's view also won't be going out um because um because of restrictions on those and uh, that's going to result in more home cooking and more goods bought from Coles now i think that's probably right because if you go to a restaurant now a lot of the restaurants kind of look look reasonably busy but most of them have only got half the number of tables they had before yes that's right so so while while they could be busy and the tables are full it's only 50 percent of what they were serving before so i think coles is probably right i think coles probably woolworths and metcash and 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 are going to end up with a a bumper bumper sales over christmas so then you could think through what else there is i mean there's probably um some of the food stocks like huon and tassel um you know people tend to buy those luxury type products at christmas um beggars more more um you know all the time. All the time, yeah. but still they, 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 the time. they got yeah. uh, cream and um, yes. and Vegemite. Um, um, yeah, so you might you might if you're thinking about what 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 food stocks have a have a look at what food stocks are in the luxury end of the market. Um, and, and of course, there is that long yard thing that sells Maggie Bears um, products. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyhow, um, Michael Hill, which is a jewellery store. Um, this is another interesting. So one of these fashion goods were very badly. She may classify Michael Hill as fashion. Um, um, and so they had a very bad year last year. But but interesting that the sales in the September quarter, if you exclude Victoria, mm-hmm. um, are up seven point three percent on the same on the last quarter, previous quarter. So they seem to be recovering. And it, on and interesting, the gross profits also increased by a hundred between a hundred and two hundred percent. So obviously, I'd suggest what they were trying to do was discount um, product yeah. to get the sales up in the June quarter, that never happened. And now things seem to be returning to, to normal. What now, about health stocks? Well, this is interesting. Sony Healthcare's revenue is up 29%, principally because they're one of the testers for the COVID virus. 
Ah, yes. No, there'd be plenty of work there. There's plenty of work there. So, um, and I thought that was interesting. So yeah, you never is. actually think who actually, you know, you go down to those COVID testing stations and they stick the thing up your nose, but then, of course, it then has to go to the lab to... What do they actually do at the lab? I assume they grow. The, uh, yeah, the, whatever they do. Yeah, so, so some of the labs, and it's obviously the it's obviously the pathology labs that are already there. So um, one of the big listed ones, of course, is Sonic. So their revenue is up twenty nine percent, which they put down to the testing. Two in your RFM Thursday finance and Stephen Pritchard. Uh, it's about time we had a look at the budget. It's been up for just over a week, and uh, there are some tax cuts on the way. Yeah, so so basically the government moved forward the um, stage two tax cuts, which weren't supposed to come in till uh, 2022-23, so they've moved them forward. Um, I understand that they've actually been backdated to the 1st of July 2020, so they're effective now. Um, you won't see an effect in your pay packet until the tax scales are updated. Um, but someone t- did tell me today they they think they're being sent out today. So mm-hmm. there was originally talk that wasn't going to happen until November, but um, I really don't understand why it'd be so hard to recalculate those. But anyhow, um, so once your employer gets the new tax scales, I expect your uh, weekly uh, tax rate will drop. So so what what you're talking about now? Um, the marginal tax rates now between up to eighteen thousand and two hundred dollars per annum, you're not going to pay anything. Um, between eighteen thousand two hundred to forty five thousand, you're going to pay nineteen percent, and from forty five thousand to one hundred twenty, you're going to pay thirty two point five, and one hundred twenty to one hundred eighty is thirty seven uh, percent, and a Above 180 is 45 percent. Mm-hmm. So it's basically mm-hmm. the the mid range tax brackets have all moved. Um, the thresholds have all moved up. So the average person's going to get a tax cut if they pay tax. Of course, if you don't pay a tax cut, you won't be getting won't pay right. tax. You won't be getting a tax cut. Um, um, so there's lots of things in the budget. So I yes. just thought I'd pick out a few that probably uh, are listeners. Um, so um, the government's going to give um, certain people a stimulus payment. So how mm-hmm. that's going to work, they're going to be given $250 in November and another $250 in early 2021. And the cash payment will not count as income support for social security purposes. Uh, I don't know whether it's taxable or not, but anyhow, you're probably not in that paying tax yes, in it. So, so anyhow, so it's going to be given to eligible recipients of age pensions, disability support pensions, carer payments, family tax benefits and carer allowances in some cases. So if you're, you're receiving those, um, you're going to be getting $250 extra to spend in Christmas in November and another 250 uh, sometime early 2021. So the idea is that recipients go out and circulate it through spend the shops. It. Yes, spend it, yes. Yeah. They can use it to buy their Christmas presents. Okay, well, that's nice. Um, granny flats. Granny flats, uh, yes. So one of the issues with granny flats was... Um, if you build a granny flat in the backyard and then it's turned into a, a lease or some kind of um, title mm-hmm. agreement to secure the parents or parents-in-law's interest in the granny flat, it triggered a CGT event. So um, these granny flats are now um, going to... This, this CGT event's not going to be triggered any longer. So the granny flats are just going to be counted as part of the house and exempt from CGT. Um, the proposed commencement date for that is... 2021. Um, now, someone asked me, what happens if you rent the granny flat out? Is that exempt from 
CGT. No, it has to be someone who is in a family relationship or other close personal ties. Mm-hmm. So um, someone coming to rent the student or uh, someone renting your granny flat out will still trigger the CGT event. Okay. So, so yeah. I think that's probably a reasonable amendment. Um, now, this, this next thing is quite interesting. So businesses with turnover up to $5 billion, which is... Um, probably not a lot around this area, um, locally owned. Um, any any new plant and equipment they buy, and, and sorry, any new plant and equipment for the business, so it can actually be second-hand plant and equipment, but it has to be new to the business, um, they're going to get an immediate write-off. So that means that can be a big benefit for... Um, Say for example, you've got a, a, a you know you've got a couple of courier trucks and you courier around various parcels. So if you need a new truck, previously you had to depreciate it over four or five years. Now if you go out and buy a new truck, no matter what the cost, um, you get an immediate tax deduction for so that. So that would all then be written off in the current year. in the current year. So current tax effectively, um, you're not you're not really going to save any tax over the life of the vehicle, but you're going to get a deduction now. So it's going to encourage people to update their plant and equipment, um, probably get more efficient plant equipment, increase the efficiencies of the business. So I think that that's a good benefit. Um, revenue neutral, yes, the government's going to be out of pocket um, this year and next year, but it's encouraging people to invest in productive assets. Now, uh, I have had some people say, oh, well, we can buy this new $200,000 car. No, you can't because the depreciation cost limit will still apply to that. So so you can't go out and buy um, a $200,000 car or and, and expect to get a write-off. You can buy a 200000 uh prime mover, though, for your business. <laughs> that <laughs> or, looks or, good on the or, freeway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or some, you know, so it's targeted at, you know, motor vehicles, yeah. new plant equipment, computer equipment, all these productive assets. Yes. So you're going to get a write-off on those straight away, which I think I is a good initiative. And over the longer term, it will, I, th- I reckon that'll actually make additional revenue for the government because of increased efficiencies. New vehicles cost less to repair, uh, cost less to run. Um, and then, of course, the other thing is the job incentives. Um, yes. The job incentives, um, so there's a 50% subsidy for new apprentices, who start on the 5th of October and it goes through to September 2021 and it's $7,000 per quarter for apprentices. So I think that's encouraging um, employment in that apprentice area. And there's also a new... um, job maker hiring credit which is also a bit it's a bit complex but that basically applies to people between the ages of 16 and 29 at a hundred dollars per week and between 30 to 35 at sorry it's a hundred dollars a week for 30 to 35 and 200 dollars a week for 16 to 29 years so that's to encourage the employers to hire new employees and it's targeted at that the areas that were most affected mm-hmm. the age brackets that were most affected by covid so this is a kind of refinement of job keeper perhaps yeah it's a refinement of job keeper but it's to encourage people to employ new employees because because under the job keeper rules uh, you had to be be employed I think now it's the 1st of July so anyone who came along and is employed after the 1st of July you don't get any government benefit for um, under the new um, job creation provided they're between 16 and 35 and work the minimum 20 hours a week there's a subsidy paid to the employer so so once again I mean from the government's point of view they're going to be paying all this money out 
But on the other side of the coin, they're going to be collecting the pay-as-you-go instalments on, on probably people that would have been unemployed that they would have been paying unemployment benefits to anyhow. So, 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 so it's probably probably a more productive way of a productive way of spending um, money that would have been spent anyhow. At least people are getting a job, and yeah, and particularly these sixteen to twenty-nine year olds. It's you know. It's always more difficult to get the first job. You're always looking for someone, you know, we can't get employed because we've got no experience and we can't get experience until we get employed. So this is going to, you know, this this age bracket of 16 Mm. to the 20 school leavers um, are going to be in there. Thursday, finance and, uh, well, the rental market. If you're an investor or a tenant, then you'll be interested in what's been happening this year because there has been an impact from COVID, hasn't there, Stephen Pritchard? Um, yeah, there's been a, a big impact of COVID, but it seems to be in different areas have got different outcomes and results. I mean, CBD Sydney rental market seems to be a disaster. And up here, we're talking about um, no vacancies. So I thought I'd get... So we're going to... Get Pippa along to explain to Pippa us what's... Pippa what, from what, Leah J Property Management. And she's going to let us... Ex- keep us up to date with what's happening Explain to us here. what's been happening in Newcastle, Pippa. Hi, how are you both? It's been a very interesting time. Um, I think people, part of the reason for this is people have been reassessing their living conditions. Obviously, people need to work from home, sometimes got um, children at at home more as well. Um, So that's definitely um, had a a big impact, people reassessing their living conditions. So some of them might want more room. Definitely, and some people want to, you know, reduce their outgoings because um, employment's changed. So um, need to to have a look at it in the other direction as well. Um, hey, I hadn't have thought of that. So people mm. are trying to get larger houses or smaller houses, depending on their work, between their work uh, work That's situation. Right. Oh. Yeah. So we we saw a lot of movement within the market even during lockdown, which surprised um, a lot of people and. Obviously, um, there's a lot of regions that we're seeing very high and still are uh, very high vacancy, whereas across the region here in August, we were seeing it down at 1.2% last month, 1.5%, which is fantastic for uh, for investors, obviously, um, because they're having reduced days on market and that means, you know, they're not having to subsidise that um, rental income uh, when the property is vacant. Um, but also they can achieve higher rents as a result. But obviously that has an impact on tenants as well. It can be very difficult for them looking for properties. So I was actually I was actually quite surprised when I saw the saw the um, vacancy numbers were so low because I would have thought you know there's a lot of stu- particularly back in March a lot of students who, who would have come to the university who traditionally rent places they that that had all disappeared so what uh, you know people might move around um, because of their job but they leave one house and go to another or a bigger one or a smaller or vice versa so that's pretty neutral so what what do you think's driven the the fall in the vacancy rates? Well, the other thing that we're seeing is that um, we're having a lot of people moving out of Sydney and that was happening beforehand anyway. We had a lot of investors that were looking to purchase in this area because they couldn't afford the price points in Sydney so wanted to buy up here and their intention was to move up in a few years' time. But because people aren't having to be um, in the workplace and in the office and therefore in the CBDs, um, they're looking, again, the lifestyle side of things and the affordability is better and where they want to be is more in the regional communities. 
And so we're having a, a huge influx of people um, moving up here. Also, you've probably got some investors. They might have been accidental investors or um, people that had, um, you know, moved on to larger houses and rented out those properties. Some of those are actually moving back in to their investment properties as well. Um, and some of those are from other regions as well. So you're seeing many people moving up from Sydney to and renting properties. Is that mm. what's happening? Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. And what is, is there any particular like suburbs they prefer, or or just across the city? Um, across the city, um, that's obviously having an impact, um, and people are you know depending on price points, and the same with investors looking at getting into the market as well, and that's having a ripple effect out. Um, and it depends on each individual circumstances as to, to where they want to be. But even if we look at you know high traditionally rental suburbs um, such as Mayfield for instance when I was looking at yesterday there wasn't one rental property available um, for rent in Mayfield which we have never I'm surprised I'm surprised yeah Uh, Yeah. and what it's staggering yeah and so what I mean the vacancy rate even with all these new units you know coming I mean I think a couple of blocks opened the other week um, those uh, ones along the wolf Wolf there. Um, mm. um, even with that new stock coming on, the vacancy rate's still falling. Um, it has been, yes. Apartments are slightly different. Yes. Um, we've seen that they have individually got higher um, vacancy. Um, right. The new apart- apartments like Loom, because that's such an exclusive yes, um, apartment. That's what I was thinking of. Then, yeah. yes, they um, they have gone very, very quickly because of their location and you know the, the quality of those. The other, um, the reason why the apartments have got higher vacancy is because um, the short-term rental market, Airbnb, etc. Obviously, the bottom fell out of that market yep. during COVID. It's still in recovery mode, so a lot of those apartments went to the long-term rental market. So there's more availability in those, and that's obviously driven the price. Um, of the rent down for those. To NURFM's Thursday Finance. And we are talking about the rental market and uh, getting some really interesting insights, Stephen Pritchard, with Pippa Roundtree from Leah J Property Management. Pippa. So, Pippa, Pippa. Um, so, <laughs> the, this low vacancy rate, um, so there's definitely a difference between a house and a, an apartment, you were saying. So, do okay. more people want houses or apartments? Or does it depend on demographics? Um, usually houses, um, but obviously it depends on what an investor's objectives are and depending on what properties that they then look to, to buy from there. Um, but, there, you know, there's a very good place for apartments. They're very important that we have them and um, they'll, they'll come back again. Mm-hmm. So so what do you think is going to happen in the, the future? I mean, we'll get out your crystal ball and... Tell us what's going to happen in coming months. If I could have one of those, that would be fantastic. We'd all like one of those. We just need next week's lotto numbers will suit us. Yes, well, that would help too. We could really go buying some properties then, couldn't we? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting time. I think there's a lot of people that are feeling that um, potentially the beginning of next year we're going to see some distressed sales um, due to the banks not extending their mortgage relief. Um, So we'll probably see that in the first quarter of next year and obviously as the uh, government support um, 
starts being pulled back as well. So that might be uh, an interesting time, and we'll see what happens with the sales market. Um, we're talking then residential. At the moment, it's very strong. Yes, yeah. Yeah, we're talking um, residential. Yes, absolutely. Um, we'll also probably see the Airbnb properties returning to short stay um, leases because um, tourism will hopefully carry on increasing as long as we um, don't have any more COVID hotspots mm-hmm. up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the um, continued population growth um, and as the state borders open and international uh, borders down the track, we'll see the international students coming back in and, um, and immigration. And, you know, whilst I think a lot of people, you know, might feel that there's a lot of apartment blocks in um, Newcastle, the reason why they're being built is obviously because of the population growth that's going to be um, happening. And immigration, whilst it's been down 99.1% on last year, understandably, um, the Australia's population growth is due about 60 to 65% of that is due to immigration. So it's really important that we see that happening again. And of course, the other thing is that we've got really low interest rates, meaning that it's a great time to borrow and to purchase properties. So all of those, I think, will carry on supporting. Um, you know, we have a great market here in um, the Hunter, and I think that's continue, going to continue to grow. So do you think do you think people are going to continue to work from home or is there going to be a, a trend a trend back towards going back into work? Yes, yeah, so interestingly, we're probably sat at about 50% of the population are still working from home at the moment. Um, but again, the feel is that probably about 15 to 20 of the percent of those will continue to work from home, whereas previously it was only sat at about 3 to 5%, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I know some companies are um, making employees um, uh, move to work from home um, permanently, mm. and some of those employees mm. aren't particularly happy about it. Um, but, mm. but you know, um, that's that. Of course, that's going to affect the commercial um, office totally. tenancies as well. So, uh, absolutely, yeah. And I think there's been a lot of businesses that have been reevaluating um, how they're they're doing that. And obviously, you know, productivity has been pretty good, and people have proven that they can work from home very easily. But I guess it depends what industry people are in as well. So you're working from home. And I am today. I, okay. I mix it up. I get out on appointments and I was in the office all day yesterday and will be tomorrow, but it's great to be able to have that flexibility oh. and balance. Oh, good. Mm. Okay, so um, I think we've just about run... We're almost out there. of time here. <laughs> so, 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 um, so, so, so people who, who are looking to um, rent a property, they just generally do that more and more people doing it on the website i assume instead of going into the local agent absolutely um yes everything's online and even virtual inspections now which is um, great rather than having 40 people for instance walking through a property they can have a look at it online first and then get their approval and then walk through afterwards which ah, okay so there's no in. there's not this advertisement come and have a look at the property on two o'clock on friday anymore not well. Some some agencies do it. We don't do it anymore okay. like that. Yeah, mm. that's okay. that's really very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, well, the whole yeah. agency business has changed. I know that. So certainly, that's, if you're going through right. a house, you've got to make sure it's all clean afterwards. So that stands and to reason. Before and before. And well. Before. You still need it with the getting the video in there because it picks up everything. Um. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, thanks very uh, thanks, much, Pippa. Pippa that, and Pippa Roundtree. 
is from Leah J Property Management and uh, yeah, some insights. Thursday Finance. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.